Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to smartpeoplepodcast.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Smart People Podcast. This is Chris. And this is John. I would like to think today is, the, the way I'm looking at this episode, it's a lighthearted, necessary, pick-you-up kind of episode. How, how do you feel about that, John? I mean, I agree, but I will say that she inspired, like I had the light bulb moment in the middle of that interview. Yeah? Yeah, which is always good. So I'm going to start thinking about things and uh, and figure out where to go from here. Small steps, baby I feel steps. Like, I feel like your light bulb comes on just because you, the more people we see who have done it, you're like, I can do it. Yeah, They've absolutely. Done it. I can do it. Absolutely. Is that, is that the light bulb? Yeah. What's that called? Like, isn't, isn't that affirming or whatever where you're like, hey, this is a good idea, right? And yeah, you're just waiting for people to say, yeah, affirmation. I don't know. It's too many syllables. It's too many syllables for my vocabulary. Syllables. It's a really good episode today. It's kind of right in line with a lot of things that John and I have been tending to talk about uh, lately. So we're, we're, gonna, we're mixing in some, some different things, but a lot of times it comes back to your passion, creativity. Maybe we can, I don't know, maybe we'll do a side spinoff, like a new podcast. That, that's all we do. The Creative Crashers. Yeah, something like that. But um, So, Roach, why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about today's guest? Sure. Today, we're interviewing Shannon Kaiser from PlayWithTheWorld.com. She actually writes for tons of other publications, but her website is PlayWithTheWorld.com. She's writing a book right now called Find Your Happy. Should be coming out. You know, she talks about it in the interview, so you have to listen yeah. first. She's an inspirational travel writer. 
How awesome is that? I, I Dream still, job? I can't, I can't get over that. What does that even mean? Oh, I'm going to pay you to travel to awesome places and then write about it. Inspirational travel writer, author, motivational speaker, life experience coach, and adventure junkie. Check, check, and check. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I know. Read my bio in one year. That's what it's going to say. She basically wins at life. <laughs> I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Coolest job ever. And it's great because when we talk to her, you kind of see that shine through. She's had the experience at corporate America. Um, She's had her own battles in the past. And I think that everybody has. And it's good because those are the things that shape us. But she makes it public. I mean, she's written a lot of um, stories for different chicken soup for the souls, which are incredible. I'm sure most people listening to this podcast have read a couple of those. And she draws on a lot of um, life experience, travel, meeting people. You know, oftentimes that's the best education. So it's really good to sometimes get away from the academic world of thought and uh, talk to somebody who's been there, done that, and hear the uh, the motivation in their voice that just comes out through enjoying every day. Yeah, and before we get to the actual interview, I'm going to put a plea out there okay. because I want to do something like this. I want to have some type of website where people can come and we can just hang out, be creative, be awesome. But I'm going to get, wait, do you get avatars? Is it that kind of hangout? Like, are you creating a separate world? We're not pulling a second life here. Although those dudes crushed and made a ton of money. You would do that. I could see you up in your room just like geeking out. (laughs) It'd be better if I had like the virtual reality gloves and all that stuff. Oh, you'd buy them. So the way that this is going to happen is we need people to go to smartpeoplepodcast.com, click the Amazon banner, and buy a ton of stuff. <laughs> buy buy some stuff. Do what we do. I, need, I need money to fund my dreams. That is a play. You know, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to plug things like our Facebook page or smartpeoplepodcast.com. Or the newsletter. Or, or the newsletter. Don't, do, not, don't plug any of that stuff. Which is located on smartpeoplepodcast.com. I'm not, because not you just though. overloaded them. So everybody kind of sit back, think about what you wanted to be when you were a kid, where you are now, and what happened along the way as we talk to Shannon Kaiser. Shannon, well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I came across one of your articles on mindbodygreen.com called 10 Ways to Clear Your Fear in Your Career. And I wanted to touch on that article, but first I wanted to give you the opportunity just to give everybody you know, a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got to where you are, just your story in a nutshell. Yeah, great. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. It's been a journey. I actually started in corporate corporate America. I was working in advertising. And about three years ago, I actually, I was very depressed and I just couldn't handle it anymore. It was just so hard to keep working. And I would go into work and I would cry every day. I'd actually go into the bathroom and cry and I just realized there's got to be a better way. And so in that moment, I realized that I have the power to choose my happiness and I can really steer my path to a better direction. And so I've really reinvented my life, and over the past three years, I've just been on a mission to redirect myself, and and really, that's what that article's about. It's about sharing the tips that I use to pull myself out of a depression into a state of happiness. That's awesome. And like yourself, both Chris and I 
you know, we go into work pretty much every day asking ourselves, why are we here right now? What are we doing? This is crazy. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's why we started the podcast, because it was something that we could put our time into, be creative, and actually put something out there that we're proud of. And I just wanted to kind of cover the first step that you said in that article, where it's ask yourself, what did you want to be when you were a child? And would that make you fulfilled as an adult? For me personally, I liked playing with, you know, G.I. Joe's, playing baseball, playing Nintendo, that kind of stuff. So I struggle with actually figuring out, you know, what my passion equates to, you know, now as an adult. Did you always know, you know, as a child that you wanted to be writing? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. And I actually work with quite a few people who bring this to my attention in my workshops. And, and it's amazing because... I put that question first for a reason, because when we're children, we're in a constant state of play, and we're always having fun. You know, you think back to the world is your playground, and everything is a big adventure. So I'm really just asking people to get in touch with that experience and to really fall in love with their life again, because when you are a child, everything is exciting. And it's not so much about the specific thing that you're doing as much as the state of joy that you're in and carrying that into our adult life. For me personally, yes. It's funny, I used to write. I was My parents never had to work, worry about me. I'd sit and just write in my journal, write poetry, and I do a lot of art. And I didn't realize that I wanted to be a writer. I just knew that I had a lot to say, and so I just kept writing. And then, you know, you, I got into a position, you grow up, and people say you need to make money, and I heard writers spar, so I was thinking that's not going to be a route to go, so I pursued commercial advertising, and I really wanted to make a difference. And so when I went into corporate, I realized how disconnected it was. I wasn't able to make a difference. And so I found myself asking that question first. Well, what did I want to do when I was a child? And I realized I wanted to be an artist, and I wanted to help other people through expressing myself and sharing who I am. And that, for me, comes out in writing. And I feel most like myself. So another way to ask this question is, when do you feel most like yourself? So I'll ask both you guys, Chris and John, how about you guys? When do you feel most like yourself? Maybe it's a hobby or maybe you're with specific people. Speaking for myself, I would say during these podcasts, I love, I love sitting down with people and talking to them and just hearing how, how they got to where they are, ideas they've had, people that have interesting careers and things to say. You know, I've mentioned that to Chris where trying to figure out what I can do to start a company where I just get to sit and hang out with people and discuss ideas and, you know, just come up with ways to be creative. Yeah, that's great. I can tell you really love what you guys are doing and it's great that you're doing it. A lot of people make these excuses or they don't know how to even get started and there's the fear that kind of builds up. And I think that you guys have busted through that, which is amazing. And just doing what you love every day, even if you're not monetizing it in your life, is also a really good tip to help you pull into a better state of happiness because a lot of us, you know, we really don't like our jobs and we feel stuck, but we feel so stuck because we don't know how to get to where we want to go. And so there's a really important aspect about building a bridge and building that bridge to get to where you want to go from where you are. And that was part of what I had to do from leaving corporate to where I am today. And you have to just keep focusing on that dream and taking those baby steps. You know what's funny is um, we had somebody on the podcast not too long ago uh, along the same lines, and they said they were talking about not not just jumping into what you think you might want to do. A lot of people misconstrue the advice, and they say, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to quit my job, walk out. 
and they end up back at their job or another job six months later because they're not prepared. And I like what you're saying, and I like what previous guests have said that's all similar and it's all noticeable, that it's kind of take those baby steps, find what you enjoy and make it a hobby and then work on it a little more and then try and monetize it if you can and, and kind of keep going from there. Absolutely. And that's a, that is the key part that so many people, like you said, they, they jump into it and that's how those patterns happen and that's how the depression grows because they feel hopeless and they feel like, man, I'm just not good at this. I'm not supposed to be happy. And, and the self-talk, the negative talk builds bigger. So you're right. You're exactly right. And building a bridge is different for everyone. But I like to say to just do what you love every day. Just do it. You know, make a list of what you love and make sure you're doing at least one or three, two, three things on the list that you love. And then you start building that happiness kind of starts to build up for you. So one thing I was wondering, because I know you do motivational speaking and you're a life experience coach, and so you probably deal with a lot of people and you hear very similar stories. I mean, I know that it's not outrageous for somebody to say, I hate corporate America. I want to <laughs> go travel. I mean, it's like John's job. I want to go hang out with people. Well, all right. That seems, you know, that seems a little difficult. But what things do you tell these people that get them uh, moving in the right direction. Because when you talk about the depression part, I think that one of the most depressing things for me is I, I, I work and I'm so tired after work that sometimes I come home and I'm like, I can't dedicate any time to my life. So that's when, when I feel that kind of negative talk, I, that's when I start to really feel that like depressed mindset. What kind of things do you tell people to do to make sure they stay out of that rut? That's an awesome question, and that you're right. I get this. This is the first thing that comes up, and so that's really what I address first because in order to get to a state of happiness and that peace that we're all essentially looking for, we have to break down the barriers that are keeping us from that happiness, and each one of us has a different you know, motivation and a different barrier and set point. A lot of it is fear. A lot of it comes from beliefs and patterns that we've shaped throughout our life, and it just as we move along life, those walls get bigger and bigger and we see what we want and it's farther out. And so the negative talk gets bigger and bigger. And the thing that I do hear the most is I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. Those are the two biggest ones. And I always think back and reflect on how I got to where I am from where I was. And I made it a priority. And it's a really about you always have enough time for what's most important to you. And I know it's tiring. I know I feel your stress like when you get home. I know I was working 80-hour weeks at when I was in the advertising world. I'd come home and I was like, I don't know if I can write. But I, I found a way to weave my passion into my weekly activities because it was something that fueled me. It was the only thing that made me feel alive. And so when I dedicated, I realized how I felt after I would just probably how you guys feel after you do a podcast. You're jazzed up, you're excited, mm -hmm. and you want more of that in your life. And so I really started to rearrange my schedule, which meant getting up earlier. It meant drawing boundaries and saying, that, you know, I, I'm going to work on Saturday this week on my personal project. And you just kind of set new parameters. And it's a process, and that is exactly what the bridge is, building the bridge. I started to save more money so I could invest in a, you know, a better website for my business. It's all part of the process. 
You know, you hit on something that I that I really like. I actually I came across something very similar where people said you need to stop saying I don't have time and change that to this is not a priority because that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what you're saying. If you say I don't have time to go to the gym, then that means sitting around and doing nothing or watching TV takes priority to actually going to the gym. And yeah. while I do completely, well I'd say like 99% believe in that. I fall into the same thing that Chris does when when I get home and you just have that zero energy where you you're making dinner and then it's like oh my gosh I'm just going to go to sleep now. How do you get people motivated to bust through that, to break through that and to say okay, if this is truly the case, you need to get up earlier the next day to go to the gym or or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it in a question because there's a lot of ways, like I said, everyone's going to have a different set of motivation. So depending on what the goal is, you have to think of where in my, in my schedule can I carve out time? So if you don't have enough time to work out, maybe someone's working towards losing weight, but they're so exhausted because their work and life is demanding, then it does go back to the priorities and where do your priorities lie. But more importantly, what I say is start right where you are, accept where you are. Say, I am where I am. Because a lot of times we beat ourselves up. I mean, we, get, we know we want to be focusing more on our dreams and our goals and starting our own business, but we get exhausted from our current situation, and then we get mad at ourselves, and then it kind of snowballs. And so I say, accept where you are. And I literally, I started visualizing and doing mini med- meditations and just, I called them, like, I, like I would, you know, you're really tired, you're sitting on the couch, and you just sit, close your eyes, and what I would do, my ultimate goal is to be a travel writer and share my message through my writing, and I was in corporate, I'd come home from a 15-hour day, you know, eat my TV dinner, and then I'd sit, and I'd visualize me traveling the world. It doesn't take any energy except for your imagination, and it is so rewarding after five minutes of picturing, that's all you have to do is just picture where you want to be, what you want to do. And if you do that every day, it starts to happen faster. And I did that. I would picture myself gallivanting and visiting different countries and writing about them and sharing my experience. And all of a sudden, some of my clients who were graphic design clients, because I do graphic design, said, hey, we have a writing opportunity for you. And it just, they were publishers of magazines. And then they started sending me on travel assignments. And the more you can visualize it, the faster you can get there. So I guess that actually kind of answers the question I was going to ask you. I know that in your bio, it says you're an inspirational travel writer. And I was like, damn, that sounds awesome. (laughs) Like travel writer. I don't know if I could draw it up any better. So I wanted to ask kind of what that entails, how that came about and some things you've done while going about the world. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Well, first of all, I am so happy to be doing what I love every single day. And like I said, it's been a process to get here. And when I was in corporate, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wasn't happy. And it wasn't until I took a trip to Paris. I literally had never taken any vacation time. I was, you know, workaholic. And I put all my vacation time together and took a two-week trip to Paris with myself. And I wrote every day. I just wrote in a blog. And I had never really wrote before. And then I shared those blogs with my family, and they shared it with people, and all of a sudden, people I had never even met were like, oh my gosh, I, you took me back to Paris, I wanted to be right there with you, and, and then I sent those stories just on a whim to different publishers, and Chicken Soup for the Soul picked up some of the stories, and they then published in there, and I was like, this is what I want to do, and so it was through that process of 
traveling and writing did I really, really just come alive. And that's what, you know, you want to ask yourself. When do you feel the most alive? What are you doing? And then just making sure you do that. And so for the whole first year, I mean, that was when I realized I want to be a travel writer. But the whole first year, I started to just write about local things in my community. And I wasn't getting paid. I didn't, I didn't think about money. I just said, this is what I want to do. This is my mission. I'm going to go out into the world and share what I know. And it started to transform into this amazing, you know, just it fuels me now. It's, it's part of my business, and I love it. And when I, I have to put the word inspirational in there because I really feel like I am different than other travel writers because I don't just go into it saying, here's where you can stay. Here's what you can do. Every single one of my messages, just because it's who I am and I like to share my experiences, it becomes a metaphor, and it becomes kind of a catalyst for other people to look at their own life. So when I do go out on assignment, when I go to different countries or I'm covering a hotel or a spa, I always take it deeper because that's just who I am, and that, I think, is the most rewarding aspect of reading a story. It encourages people to find what they want to do, to go travel, and so it's been a really great journey. I'm just I'm so excited. I actually, my next trip, I leave for Brazil in four weeks, and I'm counting down the days every day. I'm just so excited. So I've had an opportunity to travel to some really amazing places over the past few years. You've got some amazing stuff on your site, playwiththeworld.com. How did Play With The World, how did that name come about? I mean, was this always the name of your blog that you said, you know, you posted some stuff while you were on travel, or yeah. was this something after? Yeah. Well, that's actually when I, I didn't even really have a Play With The World blog. My blog from Paris was called Shannon Sherians, and I just sent it out as like an email blog. And I kept coming back to play, Shannon, play, play. It just, I just, my inner voice just kept saying play. And I started, and I realized I needed to make a website because I am an adventure girl. I'm just a trout, like adventure, throw it at me. I love it. You can never take that away from who I am. So it had to be an adventure site. But it's more than just a travel writing site because the travel writing is my catalyst. It's what fueled me. But in that experience, it's so much more because, you know, there's the workshops, there's the free downloads, I have the podcast. And it was, I needed a place to just have other people come and be inspired. You know, I, I just wanted to create a space online because really it started when I was in corporate. I was so depressed and so, so sad. And it was amazing because all I kept thinking about you know, a lot of times you can't really cruise the web when you're at work, but you get little breaks and you can. I wanted to have a place where people could feel refreshed and if people could come and have inspiration for their soul. Even if they just looked at it, they felt uplifted because I know what it's like to be in depression. I know what it's like to be stuck in fear, and I wanted it to be that breath of fresh air. And so that's really what where it came from, and Play With The World is just, because I'm a travel writer, but the world is not just the world the earth it's about our world our life being fulfilled in everything you do and that's so refreshing to hear it's you know as you're talking about that where you said you made the site so that it could be a place that people could come to as i mentioned to you you know i just want to come up with ideas with people and talk to them and that kind of stuff and now this is actually a new way to look at it and just come up with a site where people can come and just talk about creativity stuff and i don't actually have to have that as as a business but it could be more of a of a site that becomes a business at some point so you've inspired yeah. me in this you know 20 minutes that we've been talking <laughs> cool. so well done <laughs> oh cool yeah and that's you know that's really what it's about i i didn't think about turning it into a business i knew that's where i wanted to go 
go. I had a, you know, a, a plan, a business plan, but I didn't put stress on it. I still built that bridge and kept doing other things to bring in the money because you have to let these things grow organically and honestly and with a lot of sincerity. You know, I didn't want people to think I'm selling to them because honestly, all of the stuff I put on there is from my heart and it's just, hey, this is for you guys, you know, and it's exciting when you're really living from your heart. Okay, I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit here. And you said that you are writing a book, correct? Yes, I am. And that book Yay. title is Find Your Happy. Is that still the title of the book? Yeah, that's the title of the book. It'll be out this fall, and we're in editing process, which is a monster project, but it's very exciting. It is definitely uh, hard work. It's, it's, it's just every day I have new stuff that comes up, but this is a big goal of mine, and I'm excited to get it out there. Let's give our listeners a little teaser. What do you think is the one of the most poignant things you kind of touch on in that book? What are, what are you really drilling home in, in the whole find your happy and that mentality and, and that you talk about in that book? Yeah, well, find your happy. It's an inspirational guide to loving life to the fullest. And I use the play with the world approach to life in this book. So it's very, everyone gets stuck. Everyone gets trapped in fear. It's just, it's part of life. And I know because I lived through it and I stayed in that state. And so this book is the steps that I took to pull myself out of a really dark place and to really give these inspirational stories, perspectives, and exercises to really inspire others to live a life that's purposeful, that's full of adventure, joy, abundance, and to really reach their full potential. And I use a method that's called All Clear Take Off. And, you know, as we said earlier, we can't just say it's as easy as being happy. Go out and be happy. A lot of self-help books, they really talk about, let's go be happy. (laughs) This book dives deeper. The whole first section of it is the all clear section, which means we have to clear space. And we go deep and we go inside and remove the blocks that are keeping you, the fear that's keeping you in a state, the excuses, the justifications that we hang on to. And it really removes those. And so by the end of the book, you're, you're able to really step into the future self that you keep thinking about and dreaming about, but there's certain things that are keeping us from getting there. It's exciting. I'm very excited. I was just going to really say, excited. congratulations. That sounds really exciting. I mean, Thank you. what was the process of actually writing this book? I mean, did, it, did you start putting together some of your posts and then say, hey, I think I can, you know, expand on this stuff? Or did you completely just start blank slate where you said, okay, I'm going to write and just started writing? Yeah, that, I love this question because it's funny how it happened. And that's exactly why it's called Find Your Happy <laughs> because I was in corporate. And I knew I didn't want to be in corporate. So right, um, as you probably know, I left Chicago. I was living in Chicago working in a large ad agency. And I left and I moved back to Oregon, determined to reinvent my life and be a travel writer. But obviously, you have to build the bridge. And so I did what so many people did at first. And I didn't build the bridge. And I found myself back in marketing. And I was working at a Portland company. And I was at my rock bottom. It was so hard to even get through the morning. And I remember one morning and specifically I went on my lunch break and I sat in my Jeep and I, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I pulled out a piece of paper and I just started writing and I don't know really what happened. I just know that I kept writing until my break was over and I looked at it and it was a table of contents for this book. And I said, that's my next book. Cause at the time I was working on a travel writing story 
called Beauty and Breakdown, and it was about my trip to Paris. And I realized that's not the story. That's not the book that's supposed to be out. It's supposed to be Find Your Happy. This is the message that I need to share with people. And I, about three weeks later, I left that job, and I really committed. And I said, I'm going to write this book. And I gave myself three months, and I just wrote every single day. You know, once you have a table of contents, it was easier to kind of fill in the pockets. And then it was a process to look for literary agents and publishers. It's been about a year. It's, it's definitely a – I had to basically go from a corporate environment and teach myself how to be a professional writer and learn about the publishing industry. I interviewed authors, and I started meeting you know, best-selling authors and really studying how they did it and reinventing, okay, so this is, this is what I'm going to do. And it was really great because the book just – it came to me, but it was in me. It was everything that I've been through. And so it's not so much a memoir as much as a guidebook for other people to pull themselves out of a state of fear or depression. How much did being in Portland actually help? Because from what I've heard of Portland, it's an amazing city. People are creative. They're nice. They're fun. It's a great place for artists, writers, comics, all those things. Did that outside influence kind of shape the way of, of how this was going for you? I mean... What was the influence of Portland on, on making these decisions? Yeah, I love that. I, well, I'm a West Coast girl, I realized, when I lived in the Midwest and the South. And I love everywhere, but I, you know, there's just some, my family's here in Portland. So part of it was coming back closer to my family and my, my closest friends that have been throughout, you know, through thick and thin with me. Mm-hmm. So being close to them, is, it's always going to help. But Portland is a great city. There's a lot of creativity here. And I do think because I pulled myself into a, an actual environment that I enjoyed more, you know, you can hike and bike and surf and do all kinds of stuff out here. That helped me feel happier as a person because I was able to have an outlet for what I really wanted to do as far as activities. So I think it definitely helped in a kind of an outward way. I don't think I consciously thought, oh, I'm in Portland and creative juices are flowing, <laughs> but it. You know, everything's connected, of course, so it definitely was part of it. Right, and and that's what I was kind of trying to allude to because of the fact that you can do, you, you know, they have everything, the surfing, the hiking, biking, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It just, it seems like it helps artistic people connect and just do their work. I mean, here in D.C., we see people running 500 miles an hour, and there's not really places to get the creative outlet at. And it's, I don't know, it's, it just affects the way that we think on a daily basis. Literally, coming up the, the uh, elevator from the metro today, at like a couple hours ago, people were moving in unison. It was like step, <laughs> step, step. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, yes. I'm in the, I'm in, I am literally in the herd. <laughs> just yeah. killing my yeah, brain. Yeah, I remember that from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. But it's always good. Yeah. We come down, we get in the studio and we go, all right. Time to, time to do yep. what matters, you know. I love it. Yeah, and that, you know, that happens. And um, I think for me, it was important to come back to Portland because it's a little more laid back here. And for me, it was a place that I knew I could be more of myself. And so it worked for me, yeah. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we'll definitely tell our listeners to look out for your book, Find Your Happy, and, and make sure that they go check you out at playwiththeworld.com. Is there anything else that you want to point our listeners to? I mean, do you tweet? Are you on Facebook? That kind of stuff? Or how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best thing is to go to playwiththeworld.com. But, and then from there, you can connect to Facebook. I'm definitely, I love social media. I'm always on Facebook. I have a positive Shannon Kaiser Writes, which is my author page. Always posting positive stuff. If 
just says play with the world if you need a little dose of happiness. And then I have a play with the world Facebook page. And yeah, I look forward to connecting. Thanks guys. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. And best of luck with this book going forward. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. This is all for you guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Shannon Kaiser. You got to remind me, did I actually tell people to go to smartpeoplepodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, and buy a bunch of stuff? Did that, I, uh, did that happen? I don't know. Maybe you should do it again. All right, guys, head over to smartpeoplepodcast.com. The Amazon banner is located on the top of the page. Go over there. Anytime that you're buying stuff from Amazon, we get a little kickback from it. All it right, helps that's us enough. Out. That's enough. They we, don't care about that oh, anymore. Help us. I mean, we say it every time, but just join the community, and we love hearing from you guys. Hit us up on email or whatever. It's probably the second best part of doing this. The first best part is talking to way cooler people than we are. So, you know, come hit us up. Let us know what you think, who you want to hear, all that good stuff. I agree. I I only partially kid about all the pleas. One of the best parts of my day is responding to people on Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff, and just going back and forth. And you should so do it a little more often. If you guys keep that up, that would make me happy as well. Not as happy as heading over to Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so make sure to tune in next week. Like I said uh, in the last episode and before that, we have tons of interviews lined up in a bunch of different, some cool areas we're going to be covering. We're going to try and stray from from the happiness uh, aspect a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to pull the curtain back just a little bit. We have five interviews in the next two weeks. Yeah. Five. It's impressive. Awesome. I'm ready for it. Thanks to you guys for making those suggestions because we reached out to those people. I know Chris personally got in touch with a few of them, and it was all a direct result of you making those recommendations. Thank you. Tune in next week, and thanks for listening. Tucker, come here. Our dogs are going crazy. Tucker, come here. You want to say hi? Hi.